It finally got spelled out for me why Canada felt insulted by the U.S. kids bringing the barrel out there with the Canada logo on it when they won World Juniors. They thought it was a Canada logo on a trash can. And the Canada was trash. If I need that explained to me, then it really wasn't very insulting. Read my blog on the Mark Madden page at the X website. Joining me now is brought to you by Walnut Grill from DKPittsburghSports.com. He is the constructor and conductor, Serbian reactionary, Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, is there any way the Steelers lose this game? Because I don't think they can, but that's usually when the problems start. You know, if you're asking that literally, uh, I think there are a couple of ways they could lose it. One is that they would allow Nick Chubb, who I, I feel is one of either the top two or top three running backs in the NFL, and Kareem Hunt to just really, really eat the clock and control the ball. I don't think that's going to happen but that would have to be part of it. The other part would be, to be a broken record on this, Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't be able to throw downfield. Uh, then we would regress, and we would see the Steelers regress to where they were uh, before the second oh, half. Oh, I the think Indiana they're going game. to regress. I, I think they're going to retreat to the safety of Dink and Dunk. Oh, they might, but I don't know about that, especially not after what happened in Cleveland. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, but those were the same receivers out there. They were running uh, better, more imaginative, more ambitious routes, and there was so much room. Yeah, Mark, but don't for, don't forget, thing. this is based on what Ben wants to do. For example, yeah, I, I, understand I would use the Dobbs package. I would give Dobbs a helmet, but I bet they don't because Ben don't want it. You like that? Yeah, for short yardage. That you liked. What do I like about it? That it's an option on yeah. short yardage for a team that can't convert third and one ever. Yeah, I guess. But, I, I mean, I just saw so little other than the one Dobbs run, the 13-yarder around left tackle, uh, the one where he ended up getting helicoptered, unfortunately, was the only really productive play that they had with him out there. I just wasn't all that wild about it. I mean, I, If I'm Mike Tomlin, I'd love to have people talking about it this week because it can misdirect the Browns coaching staff, but I, I don't know that it's going to be something that we see. Look, I'm agreeing with you, your initial sentiment. I don't think the Steelers are going to lose this game. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, that they will be able to throw downfield, not a ton, not obsessively, but enough to keep the Browns honest. Uh, their secondary mark is so bad, and I understand they were missing uh, Denzel Ward and a couple other guys. And he might Sunday, be back, correct? I don't think that's been confirmed. He might, yes, but... that is correct. He might be back, but he'll still be 5 by or five nine when he comes back. And if he's the one that they put on uh, Chase Claypool or the Steelers' bigger receivers, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, the Steelers absolutely will be able to throw the football. Uh, I think the Browns are just too beat up. Uh, no Vernon, no Betonio. OBJ's been out for a while. And people kind of ignored that Miles Garrett wasn't out on the field at the end of the game because he was too fatigued. Clearly, he still has some residue from COVID. And uh, as good as guys like Vernon and Denzel Ward are, Garrett's their defensive playmaker. If he can't go or if he can only go at half speed, that cripples them. Now, he's their only defensive playmaker. And what I heard when I was up in Cleveland uh, from people up there who follow the Browns uh, intensely is that it's been now three weeks of Miles Garrett being a lot less than his usual self. He's needed oxygen every time he goes to the sideline. Uh, that's the reason that he not only didn't produce much just with the four tackles, uh, against the Steelers the other day, but also didn't play much in a game that the Browns absolutely needed to win and was tight all along. 
Uh, on the other side of the football, though, I think that's going to be more interesting. Joel Batonio is the Browns' left guard. He's the one that will be missing. He's their best the offensive lineman, and he's up against Cam, or he would have been. And, and yes, and remember that the Steelers got four sacks without T.J. Watt, without Cam Hayward. Uh, it, it's This is going to be a, a different thing. I mean, remember that the other thing that you didn't see on Sunday – was the classic Baker Mayfield boneheaded play or two or three. And those are coming as well. So I, I really think that the, the Steelers are they're going to take this one, but I'm going to repeat this for emphasis. I really believe that what will matter the most out of that game is for them to sustain some semblance of that second half against Indianapolis and keep the football moving downfield. Well, a lot of this is football 101. If the Browns score first, that's bad. That'll enable them to control the ball with the running game. In theory, I agree. I think Nick Chubb is a force of nature. Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt only slightly less so. I don't think missing Betonio hurts that much on the run side of it because running is about uh, all 11 executing rhythm and the back. But by the same token, if it goes sideways for Cleveland, if Pittsburgh scores first, and uh, that, that worries me. throwing. Yeah. Well, right. If you make them one-dimensional, Baker's not that good. He is a good no. secondary weapon. If he supports the run game, that's good, but vice versa is a killer. Now, uh, the Steelers haven't scored a touchdown offensively in seven quarters, though. If they come out dinking and dunking and being very passive, I'll start to worry right then and there. I'll get I'll get the heebie-jeebies, as your people say. Yeah, yeah no, I'd agree with that. I think you want to see them, you know, make sure that they can uh, back off the Cleveland linebackers in the secondary again, such as they are. This is not a good defense. Uh, so it's not like it, it would be as important as it was against Indianapolis where you had all those terrific linebackers and a couple of good guys in the secondary. Cleveland doesn't have that. Uh, but you still want to set a tone. Uh, we saw in that second half against Indianapolis, not only was Ben able to hit guys downfield, but all of a sudden, funny how it works, but all the underneath stuff was open again, and James Conner was able to run again. Um, that's just how that works. It, it has to come in that order. They have to throw to set up the run, as you've been saying on your program all season long. That's what they have to do. Here's hoping Ben's on board with that. We're talking today, Dejan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. So just for the record, Dejan, will they give Dobbs a helmet? Will they use the Dobb package? What's your call, yes or no? No. No, I don't think you can. I mean, if Ben gets hurt, you'd need Mason Rudolph to win the game for you. No, you dress three no. quarterbacks. Well, you can, but, you know, I, I don't think the Steelers are going to be in that position. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I just If it had been more effective against the Browns the first time, I would be in favor of it. It's, the only reason we're even talking about it now is that, it ooh, look, it looked gimmicky. It didn't actually Dogs do anything. gained 20 yards on two carries. It was the shovel passes that failed. Right, and he nearly died on the second one of those. I mean, it's... Yeah, but Dejan, I, I, I think they converted third and short twice with that package. That's two more mm-hmm. than the Steelers normally do. Ah, that depends. I mean, when Ben was really sharp earlier this season, they were they were amazing on third downs. So I, I, I just think you need to go with what you got. You know, I don't want to see Ben Roethlisberger coming on and off the field. I know he doesn't. Now, who will start at left guard, Filer or Dotson? Oh, I think it's got to be Dotson. I How mean, much anybody? Who I, I bet it's not. Hated. 
I bet it's not. No, I, I think it will be. I, that, anybody who's paying attention to this kid, um, there's some there's some really, really good. I film. totally agree. I think he's their best lineman. Mm-hmm. But anybody who's paying attention to how the Steelers do things know that Filer will probably start if he's available. I don't know about that. Filer, I mean, Filer's coming back off of a longer-term injury, uh, and not to mention one that's pretty serious for an offensive lineman. Anything that involves the, uh, the, the triceps, that's scary stuff. Uh, I, I think you, you'll see Filer come back and be available to the Steelers in a role where he could either back up at right tackle or at guard because he's obviously played both of those. So I, I think that I think that'd be a much more realistic usage for hey, him. I, I totally agree. I just mm-hmm. hope you're correct. Now, uh, who's the go-to receiver going to be in this game? Because Claypool really got featured this past Sunday, but maybe <clears throat> that's a setup. And of course, Ben wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, it'll be Deontay Johnson. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, remember that Deontay also had a pretty tremendous game uh, in Cleveland. Uh, three catches, 47 yards, 41 yards, and then another one was a fourth down conversion. Uh, that's a pretty good three-catch game. Uh, he's he's going to be Ben's guy. Uh, and as, as far as Claypool goes, he got featured. He got targeted 11 times, but only five of those were completed passes. So I, I think Claypool's performance the other day was maybe a little bit excessively hyped. Uh, Ben's become uh, not so much reliant on Deontay Johnson, but that's his main guy. That's the guy who's been targeted more than anybody else this season. I also think you're going to see plenty of Juju Smith-Schuster as well. I really do. Dejan, you've been to Penguin Camp since it opened. Uh, what do you think the biggest difference will be this year between the way the team played then and the way it plays now? The biggest difference is going to be, and not at the start, I can promise you that after watching that practice yesterday, uh, it'll be that they look faster and fresher. They look more energetic. Um, And this is before Kasperi Kapanen arrives, and he'll end up being the fastest player on the roster, Uh, in in particular on the blue line, Mark. uh, I'm I'm not and never have been one of those people that just endlessly rode Jack Johnson. But when you see the difference between you know, Mike Matheson and his mobility back there. And, yeah, he's got to improve defensively a lot. But when you see that, you realize that they're going to have a different dimension. Uh, same thing goes for the, the for the third and fourth lines. Uh, Mark Jankowski is a guy who was all over the puck in the scrimmage that I saw yesterday. Uh, he and Sam Lafferty showed some good chemistry. They were big guys that were winning the puck along the boards. Mike Sullivan praised them afterward as saying, uh, you know, they, they were hard to play against, which might be his highest compliment that he ever pays anybody. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a, a, a group that looks like it's got more spunk to it, more jolt to it than what we saw, certainly more than what we saw in Montreal. But, but it's going to take a while. This hockey well, do, do they have a while? Be... No, nobody does. That's my point. Though. I mean, 56 games. The season starts after a week at camp. No, that's what I, I keep saying. And, and I, that I really believe that they need to come out of Philadelphia with three out of four points in order to, to make sure that they're in good shape after the 10-game mark. And that's asking a lot. You know, the Flyers are a mostly, not entirely, but a mostly younger team that are going to have those legs going for them the same way we saw Montreal having them in the playoffs. And I really feel like the Penguins need to find a way somehow. It's That's a week from tonight. Did you, did you realize that? It's like a week from right now, actually, because the face-off is at 5.30 next week. Now, uh, here's, here's what I think is going to make a big difference, and I talked about this earlier with Mike Sullivan. 
I think Jari's puck handling, with him starting the, most of the games, I think game in and game out, it saves the D a ton of steps, improves the breakout, and the Penguins spend a lot less time in their zone. I think the the difference will be maybe not quite immediate, but noticeable very early on. It might be. I'll ask you a question right back. Who's a, who's a better goaltender in the East Division? We all sing up, down, and sideways about how competitive this East Division is going to be, and it will be. Who's a better goaltender than when we, what we saw of Tristan Jari last season? Is it Carter Hart? I don't know. Maybe, but not, maybe not yet. Well, Carter Hart you know, is more proven. Tuka Rask, although elderly, is more proven. Washington got left in the lurch, unfortunately, by Henrik Lundqvist heart problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel you. I don't think Tristan I mean, the Jari Rangers have a couple of good young guys, but you know you don't you don't know what you have in them yet. Well, yeah, and the Islanders with Varlamov, who mm-hmm. is is a, 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 a middle of the road He's guy. Mercurial, so yeah, I think is the right word for uh, him. I he, think he, so too. So Jari's not way down the totem pole, if that's what you're saying. Oh, I think he's way up the totem pole when it comes to this division's goaltenders, and I'm surprised that more people don't bring this up because it's such an enormous variable, uh, especially inside the division where you're going to get used to seeing guys uh, you know, and learn their weaknesses and their shortcomings. I think Tristan Jari can be a really, really big thing for the Penguins this season. Yeah, I I can't count on that, but I don't discount that, if that makes any sense. Uh Mm-hmm. Dejan du- I mean, it's early to predict. We'll talk next week, the day of the opener. But uh, do they make the playoffs? Oh, boy, can you wait until they play 10 games? <laughs> um, my feeling in, in looking at the talent that's still at hand is, is yes, there's no reason for them not to. I don't believe there's any excuse for them not to, taking that further. Uh, there's still an awful lot of uh, elite players on this roster. They have a very solid top six once Kapanen arrives. They have a really solid top four on their blue line, and they've got a solid goaltender. What's missing? The power play. But I'd like, you know, I'd like to give Todd Reardon the benefit of the doubt to being able to figure that out. Uh, other than that, I don't know that the, beyond the power play that there's really any massive gnawing question about this. And again, the power play is going to take the ice with Sid, Gino, Tanger, and everybody else. So Jake, Brian Rust, you're going to have options out there. You just got to figure it out. Dejan, great stuff. We'll talk again next week. All right, Mark. Dejan brought to you by Walnut Grill. That's Walnut Grill. Dejan brought to you by Walnut Grill.